Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You can wrap this one, my friend, in maroon and white. Ten seconds, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Bingo! You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. It's Wednesday night. You know what that means. Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm Brian Haydad. Rhino down there in Studio X. He'll make sure uh, we, 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 well, he'll try to make sure. After last week's shenanigans, he'll do the best that he can to make sure that we don't have any issues here uh, today. Thanks for joining us here on a Wednesday evening here on Super Talk. We appreciate that. If you want to reach out to the show, the number 601-879-4395. Hit me up on the text line. Plenty to talk about as we are finally, well, okay. As Mississippi State people, we're not finally here. All right, we got another two days. Football in Mississippi State starts on Friday. We're going to go over the practice schedule with you guys, let you know what you can expect uh, as far as content and coverage and things of that nature. Uh, but, you know, for Ole Miss and Southern Miss fans, though, you're here. The camp has started at your respective schools. There was practice today. The whistles were blown. There was grass uh, being being strewn all over the field from the cutting of cleats. It's good times. It's good times. And, uh, you know, hopefully we can leave all the silliness of alignment and and expansion and any everything else behind, we can start talking about players and games again, uh, and that's certainly what we're going to do here tonight on, on this show. We got a lot of football to talk about, and, and the the main thing I want to get to with you guys is this: it's it, it's kind of time now, and what I mean by that is, if you've got uh, if you've got expectations, whatever they are for this team, if you're a person who's who's completely bought into Zach Arnett and you think He's going to lead Mississippi State to a banner season. If you're a person who's not sure and you think, well, he could go one way or could go the the other, or if you're a person who thinks, ah, this guy's not ready for prime time and and he's not going to be good and this team's going to fall apart, whatever your expectations for this team is, you got to lock in now. Now, one thing I always say, you guys have heard me say it many times on this show and on others, so when you get new information, change your mind. Injuries happen. Things happen. So then you know, it's, it's going to be fluid. But I need you to tell me what your expectation is today. So that's why I brought up the text line early, 601-879-4395. What do you think? What's your prediction for Mississippi State? Mine is on the record. I'm 8-4. and four. I am an 8-4. and four. <laughs> Did I say shenanigans? I don't want to get pistol whipped. Um, the text line hit me up with a, uh, a Super Troopers reference. Very good. I, I, I appreciate that. Um, I will not try to say meow uh, ten times in this uh, in the next ten minutes. With the mozzarella sticks? <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> I want a liter of cola. Um, so I'm eight and four. I'm going losses to South Carolina, LSU, Alabama. That's I guess that's not in order. LSU, South Carolina, Alabama, and Texas A&M. That's where I am today. 
I am allowed to change my opinion every week. State goes out there and just looks awful against Southeast Louisiana. I might be changing my mind about some things. But today, as we sit here with what I know about Mississippi State, with what I know about the other teams in the SEC and the schedule that State has to play, uh, eight and four is where I'm going to put myself. I would put myself at a high end, a ceiling of nine and three. I, I, I have A and M is a winnable game for Mississippi State. It certainly is. But I just have trouble saying ten and two. I, I can't bring myself to get there, and because that that to me is the the peak. That's as good as it's going to get. I, I just don't see them beating LSU and Alabama this season. But eight and four is a quality, fantastic first year for Zach Arnett, considering all the tr- the the change and all the trials and tribulations this program has gone through the past six seven months. It sets the stage for future success. You know, especially, and this should be a year where, you know, if you get to nine wins with a bowl game, that's pretty good. That's a, that's a good season for Mississippi State. Um, when I, when I think about it, I, I, I think that, you know, they have winnable games on the schedule. They play eight home games. Yes, obviously the toss up games, the, uh, are, are going to be tough, but because they're all on the road. They're every toss-up game, every game that you're like, well, it could go either way. Those are all on the road. The Egg Bowl is the only exception, but the Egg Bowl's toss-up game every year. It doesn't matter where it's played. They can play it on the moon. It's a toss-up game. So, what are your expectations? We got some coming in already here on the uh, C Spire uh, text line. Jason says, "I'm completely bought into Coach Arnett, and I expect to struggle early. Much improvement later. Seven wins. I mean, that's the thing. State could easily, and I have State two. And, they have State two and three at the end of September." So that is a struggle. But then I have State really picking it up. I, I'm giving them an extra win that you're not, Jason. I don't know which one it is. Uh, Greg and Jackson says 9-3, and three, they'll win at South Carolina. Very possible. Very possible. South Carolina is a very interesting team. We're going to be previewing them this week on the podcast. That'll be on the Friday show with my handsome young son, Ben Portnoy, from the state. Uh, but South Carolina, could they could be 1-4 and four at the end of September. Their first five games are as follows. They play North Carolina at a neutral site in Charlotte. And they have Furman at home. That's an FCS team. And I know Michael Bork, you'll hate to hear it, but they'll probably win that game. And then it's at Georgia, Mississippi State, at Tennessee. They could be 1-4 and four at the end of that. Very easily. So we'll see. So that's a winnable game. Bubba and Starkville says this team, his name for this team is the Shockers. Wichita State already has that one, Bubba. we gotta, we got to find a name. But he has them 9-3. and three. That would be a fantastic first year for Zach Arnett. Gibbon Greenwood, nine and four. I think nine and four gets Arnett SEC Coach of the Year. He would be deserving of some accolades, but you and I both know that whoever wins the conference is probably George is probably going to go undefeated. So Smart will win that, no question. Jeff from Madison, high the high end, eight and four, six and six, low end. You got to pick. Lock in, Jeff. Where are we going? From the six oh one. I believe the Bulldogs stand a chance for going of going nine and three. We always bring the emotion to Texas A and M. However, there are so many unknowns with this team until until we know. I'm sorry. There are so many unknowns with this team until we will not know until we see them play a formidable a formidable opponent. Love your show, and I would like to hear just updated information on the Bulldogs that I love. I'll give you all the information I got, my friend. Everything I can, I know you'll know. I promise you that. So. A lot of y'all are sort of with me here with eight and four. 
I keep asking myself the same question. What would my prediction be with Mike Leach? I would probably go 9-3 and three with Leach. I think he would beat A&M. He, he kind of had their number there. I think he, he, had, he had them going in the right direction there. South Carolina just, yeah. Again, you know, you lose one you're not supposed to. That You could have chalked that up to South Carolina with, with, with him. But then win one you're not supposed to, A&M could have been that. Because A&M, I, I, this is my last stand with Texas A&M, by the way, guys. This is the last time I'll ever believe in them. If they don't win this year, I'm kind of done with them. And of course, they'll be done with Jimbo Fisher, so I'll have a whole new coach and maybe a new set of expectations next year. But talent-wise, you look at the A&M's schedule, they should be pretty good. We'll see. Jeff and Madison says he's splitting the difference there. He's going to lock in seven and five. Neil and Greenwood Bulldogs nine and three, playing with a chip on their shoulder all year. They certainly have the room to do that. And nine and three would 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 be right in the face of everybody who's voted them uh, dead last in the SEC this season, or dead last in the SEC West, I should say. So we'll see. We will see. A lot of optimism. Maybe a little more than I was expecting. I thought we might get some. Uh, some six and six, or we might get that that guy who's you know just not not bought in. And Zach, I trust eight and four with a thumping of the sharks. Denny and Flowood. Is Wally still a contributor? Oh yeah, he'll be a big time player for state this year. I think. I think if they beat A and M and South Carolina, nine 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 wins. Arnett will win Coach of the Year. They won ten games. Yeah, he he he's he's in there. He's in that discussion for sure. But you just got to figure. Georgia's likely going undefeated. LSU and Alabama could both go undefeated or 11-1. and Those are teams that are going to play in the college football playoff. It's going to be tough to get coach of the year in that situation, especially, you know, State's coming off of, you got to remember, State's coming off a 9-4 and season. So, you know, it's it's the same record. It's not like he went from 3-9 and to 9-3 and or something like that. Dwayne and Brandon, 9-3 and in honor of Mike Leach. From the 601, 9-4 upset alert. He's going to have them beating LSU, Jeremy, and Columbia. So who are your two, who are your four losses then? Alabama and who else? From the 601, McCaffrey and Meridian, 8-4. and four. Excited about Arnett. Love the show. Miss your pizzas. Well, that's somebody who knew me in college then. Uh, I do not believe the Bulldogs will finish last in their division, but we still do not know exactly what to expect, but I do believe in our quarterback. Fair enough. Fair enough. If they go nine and three, where will they finish fourth? Nine and three should be good for third. Should be good for third. Not eight and four was good for third last year. Nine and three should be good for third this year. So, a lot of great expectations. We'll see how it pans out. We'll talk a little bit more about football. We're going to talk about Will Rogers when we come back. That's a topic I brought had on the podcast. I want to bring it here to the show. We'll get your thoughts on it as well. The legacy of Will Rogers, not just in Mississippi State, but in the SEC. This is Thunder and Lightning live here on Super Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. Back on Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm Brian Haydad. 
Thanks for joining me here on a Wednesday evening. If you ever miss this show or or anything uh, Thunder and Lightning related, it's all right there for you on the Thunder and Lightning podcast feed, which is available wherever you get podcasts. It's all on supertalk.fm and, of course, Apple, Spotify, uh, Google Play. I don't know where everybody gets podcasts from, but wherever you do, Thunder and Lightning uh, is there. And, of course, I just mentioned supertalk.fm. That is your one-stop shop for news, sports, opinion, everything happening in our great state. It's right there at supertalk.fm. Plus, that's where you can watch watch and listen to all of our great live Supertalk programming. So don't bookmark that site if you haven't done so uh, already. So earlier this week on uh, on Thunder and Lightning, the podcast, uh, I talked about the legacy of, of Will Rogers, and it got some play. Uh, there were a couple threads about it on the twenty four seven message board. Uh, they were they were discussing my thoughts and 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 you know some of the things. What I did was I created some tiers of quarterbacks in the SEC, and I, I would I unfortunately I deleted uh, what I had. But where I had Will Rogers, I had three tiers. I had the elite quarterbacks, the truly elite, the, the no-doubters, right? The guys like Tim Tebow, Cam Newton, uh, Joe Burrow. That was the top, top tier. I had a tier that was I called the national champions, good quarterbacks who were on national championship team. They deserve their own tier, right? Greg McElroy, Matt Mock. These are not the elite quarterbacks of, of the SEC, but they won a national title. They had great stats, great careers, and they won the big one. They deserve a, a tier of, to themselves. And then I had a tier called the Great Ones, where you put I kind of lumped all of the guys that are big time players that that most Southeastern Conference fans would argue would not argue. Yeah, those that's one of the greatest quarterbacks in SEC history. Uh, some names that I had in there, I'm trying to remember. Uh, Rex Grossman was in there. Eli Manning was in there. Dak Prescott was in there. I had two Rebel quarterbacks in there, so no one accused me of uh, of bias. I had uh, Matt Corral in that group, too. I think Corral is one of the – you can make a compelling case that Matt Corral is the greatest quarterback in Ole Miss history. Um, trying to remember some of the – Matt Stafford, I had him in the David Green from Georgia. Um, a few others. Yeah, you, you, see, you see where I was getting at. And my question was, could Will Rogers get into that tier? He can't get into the elites unless he won a national championship this year. That's the only way you can get in. And obviously it's the only way you can get in the national championship tier either. If if Will Rogers were to become the SEC's all-time leading passer and lead Mississippi State to a national championship, I'm, I'm putting him in the same tier with Burrow and Newton and Tebow and Peyton Manning and the rest of them. You, y'all just have to get over yourselves on that one. But can he get into the great ones tier? Again, he needs, 24, he needs just shy of 2,500 yards passing to become the SEC's all-time leading passer. He's already the SEC's all-time most accurate passer. Uh touchdown passes. I have that's something I haven't looked at. I haven't looked to see who uh where he sits in that in that uh spot. So the all-time leading passer is all in this is also Aaron Murray. Okay, he's not getting there. I'll just go I just could say he he might could have gotten there in another year in the air raid. Because he's uh, he's thirty nine pass touchdown passes shy, so Murray has one hundred and twenty one. Rogers has eighty two. He's eighth all time. I feel very confident that he'll be third all time when this season is over. Drew Locke is third with ninety nine. I think Rogers will have seven more than seven touchdown passes this year. 
So Rodgers will be third. Listen to the listen to the, the the guys that he's in front of, or I'm sorry that he's behind right now. Murray is 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 two at one twenty one or is one at one twenty one. Danny Werfel is two at one fourteen. Then Drew Locke, Peyton Manning, Chris Leak, Tim Tebow, Tua Tagovailoa, and then Will Rogers. The remaining top ten is Eli Manning and Bryce Young. Now Burrow's on here, but he only played two seasons and he has seventy six. I think he had fifty plus in in the big year. In fact, now I think about it, he had sixty because I'm pretty. I'm almost positive he had sixteen touchdowns his first year at LSU. What what a crazy year that was for for Joe Burrow. So we're talking about a quarterback who would be first in yards, third in touchdowns, and then if he leads Mississippi State to another eight nine win season, would be the all time winningest quarterback in in Mississippi State history. He would be ahead of Dak Prescott. Prescott is sitting on twenty five career wins. Uh, with with and Rodgers is sitting on twenty. Uh, he's sitting on twenty two, so he would be he would be ahead of him. You got to put him in the list, right? You got to put him in that the greats, right? Would other would other fan bases do that? Would Mississippi State fans do that? Obviously, I don't think Will Rogers, no matter how much he's going to dominate the record book, will ever be accepted as the greatest quarterback in in Mississippi State history. That label will always go to Dak Prescott because of the way he took Mississippi State to number one in the nation. No other quarterback's done it before or since. And the I've talked about this a lot. The the emotional connection that Mississippi State fans feel to Dak Prescott, that you know the way his mother passed away and he 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 coined the not fans but family phrase. And I, I think Mississippi State fans just love Dak Prescott so much that nobody it would take a, a it would take a national championship to replace Dak Prescott. And even then, I don't know if 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 it would. That's that's the kind of love and affection that people have for Dak Prescott. Of course, the fact that he's been such a a success at the pro level as well has helped him. But Rodgers would go into the tier that, that we're talking about this third tier of SEC quarterbacks with another great season, another winning. You know, a a a a eight plus win season. You can't have this the not have the SEC's all time leading passer in there. Rodgers is going to get twenty five hundred yards. I feel ridiculously confident about that. I think he'll be closer to three thousand yards when it's all said and done. Probably around twenty between twenty five and and thirty touchdowns. If I had to, if I you know again, if you're making me uh, you're making me guess what 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 his numbers are going to be. You know, if you look last year at what uh, App State did from a passing perspective, Chase Bryce uh, threw for 2,921 yards, 27 touchdowns to six picks. That it, that could easily be Will Rogers' stat line this year. And I will tell you now that if that is, that the state's going to be very successful, in my opinion. Um And that would be like so that would be good enough to, to get all the records that we're talking about, and that would be good enough to put him in that next tier. And so, you know, you're Mississippi State, that's you know, you've had two of your all time greatest quarterbacks in the last ten years. Your two greatest quarterbacks at that point. I mean, you, you at that point, Rogers goes in for me over Fitzgerald, over John Bond, Madkin, Don Smith. You know, old timers will talk about Jackie Parker. Um yeah, you might go back to somebody like a like a Bruce Threadgill or or Dave Marler, but those those are the guys, right? The top the what's the Mount Rushmore of quarterbacks in Mississippi State? Dak, Will, 
Bond, Fitzgerald. That's probably it. You can make a case for Madkin. You can make a case for Don Smith. Don Smith didn't win enough games. I mean, he didn't even play in a bowl game. Can't you can't you can't put him on there? Yeah, I'm gonna. I, that's my. I, if you said give me the four, that's my four: Prescott, Rogers, Bond, Fitzgerald, in some order. You know, obviously, I think Dak is the uh, Dak is the is the George Washington of the group. He's the he's the first one, and then you can put the other three however you want to put them. I'm not big on Mount Rushmores, but why not? Why not right this second? What we got here on the text line? We got some questions coming in. Will must show mobility this year to extend plays and make plays in this new offense. Do you agree? Well, Jaquavius Marks agrees. He said we're going to see a runner out of Will Rogers, but I think a lot of that's going to fall to to Mike Wright. Uh, he'll he'll be a running play, but will I think this offense will will have more time to throw because teams will have to respect the more or the run a little bit more. Will Rogers reminds me of Tim Couch. Oh, I don't know about that. Tim Couch is the number one pick in the draft. Huge arm. Don't know if I can agree with that. Ole Miss fan, if he puts up that stat lineup, I'd argue it's the best season of his career. I know it's something compared to previous seasons, but it would be more impressive in the new system. I agree. I think that it, that would be a stat line that would make NFL teams look at him and go, okay, he's not just a system quarterback. He can he can play. You know, that would be a massive year for for Will Rogers. I agree. Dwayne and Brandon, what's the inside scoop on Arnett keeping a lot of the air raid offense? There's no inside scoop. This offense has a lot of air raid principles. All college offenses have air raid principles. There's nobody, I mean, unless you're running the triple option, you, you got air raid principles in your offense. You're running four wide. You're running, you know, call it Y cross or mesh or whatever you want. You're running those plays. So they, that, they, they, yeah, that's not, that's not a, Unique to Mississippi State, unique to the air raid kind of thing. Just the difference is that Mississippi State's going to be a lot more balanced this year. They're going to incorporate different personnel than they have before. So we'll see. All right. What's going to go on uh, next this coming uh, Friday and beyond? We're going to go over the camp schedule, give you guys an idea of what you should be expecting as far as coverage and things of that nature uh, from, from the next few weeks. It's a lot different than it was last year. We'll talk about it when we come back. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi app and lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. You called down the thunder. Well, now you got it. We're back here on Thunder and Lightning. Brian Haydad here with you on a Wednesday evening. Thanks for joining me and Rhino, who's done there in Studio X on a uh, on a, on a you know summer night, August the second. That means it's football season. That means we're talking about preseason camp. Preseason camp, not a camp that has a season that we're not currently in right now. Because it's still ninety plus degrees outside with ninety plus degree humidity or percent humidity, that is not fall. I'll tell you when it's fall, November. That's when it'll be fall. It's not. It's not that. So this is preseason camp, and it begins at Mississippi State 
technically tomorrow when they, when it's report day, and that's just that's all that that is. They'll come in, they'll meet, no practice. First practice is on Friday. Here is the first huge difference of the Zach Arnett era at Mississippi State. Practice on Friday is at 9.45 in the morning. When I tell you there is a less than zero chance that Mike Leach ever would have had a 9.45 a.m. practice, you could, you could, you could take that to the bank. Uh, Friday and Saturday and Sunday. And, mo- oh gosh, we got morning practices all the way to Tuesday, Friday through Tuesday. The first two are open to the media the whole way. The next three are open for the first 20 minutes. And then after that, you don't have a practice that's open all the way to the media for the rest of the way. And then you have some that are 20 minutes. You have a couple of afternoon practices here and there. You've got an evening practice on Saturday, August 12th. That leads me to believe that it will be a, uh, a scrimmage uh, type situation. Oh, and then, oh, goodness. That's, don't worry about what I just did. It's just, just, just me. Uh, but on Sunday, I was wrong. There is a practice that's open for the media on Sunday, and then uh, players available after that. And then you start getting, you know, as you get closer to game week, they start cutting down on on, on what's available. They start doing a little afternoon practices. It's all afternoon practices the second week of the camp, starting on August the 14th, 2 3.30, 3.35, 3.35, 3.35, 2.30. Uh, Monday's practice is close to the media, and there's no media availability. That means they're probably scrimmaging. Uh, and then starting on the 20, in 20, the 24th is when everything kind of ends as far as media availability. Yeah, there's no, no, no media availability with that practice. You have players after practice. And then going into that weekend, there's nothing until we get to Monday where we will have Zach Arnett's inaugural press conference uh, for a game week at Mississippi State. My guess is it'll be similar to what I just said. Uh, the Mike Leach press conferences usually went around 3.30, 3.45. I would imagine Zach Arnett will have us going by, by, by 11 a.m. at the latest. I'll be, I'll be at press conferences this year. I'll get to go. Very exciting. So, you know, if, if you're asking me how, how do I rank that, I mean, that's that, that, Pretty decent in terms of availability to the media. Yeah, and, and when I say, you know, people are like, oh, who cares about the media? Availability to the media is availability to you guys. All right. They're not going to let fans out there. But letting media out there means we can tell you what we're seeing and we can tell you we can report on things for you. So you want us to have that accessibility. So I'm excited. Just getting that email excited me. Just, just being able to see a practice schedule. Oh, by the way, if you, I don't know, if you can see the reflection in my eyes on Super Talk TV. Uh, big state script right across the uh, the top of this. That's a thing of beauty. I talked to some people at the athletic department about that, and that's coming. They're 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 all in. I think on on the 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 move to state and state script, which we talked about at great length um, back in October, I believe, here on this on this very podcast. I took a lot of heat. A lot of people were like, oh, they'll never change. They'll never change it. Ah, never say never, uh, my friends. What does State need to get out of this 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 camp? What what, what can can we learn anything? I, you know, they asked this question a few weeks or last week on Sports Talk Mississippi, and I'm just like, outside of the depth chart, what what can I learn for, from these these early practices? You know, um, because the 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 big. The big battles are already kind of set. You know, Will Rogers isn't going anywhere. That's your starting quarterback. Woody Marks, your starting tailback. Tulu Griffin's your starting slot receiver. Tight end, that's a position battle to watch between Jaquarius Spivey and uh, and Ryland Gody. Obviously, the secondary, that's going to be a wide open group of position battles. You got four spots there. 
Nobody's got anything nailed down outside of DeCambrian Richardson. But your linebackers and your defensive linemen, you, you got a pretty good feel for who's there. Special teams, I feel like, you know, we haven't talked a lot about uh, Nicholas Barmira. I thought he looked really good in the spring game. Was was booming the football. I think state special teams this year has have an opportunity to be uh, to be good. Hey, Dad was the tip of the spear on Script State. Let's give Robbie Falk credit too. Robbie Falk and I are both both worked very hard to to make that happen, and we will take full credit. We deserve it, in my opinion. But I'm interested to see states punting this year. They've got an Australian punter. Australian punters tend to be good. Feels like it's a, a statistical probability that he'll be good. Keelan Crimmins. I have a funny story about that. Uh, you guys all know about you know the Christmas party that we had where Coach Leach showed up and, and all that. Prior to that, prior to him arriving, Paul Jones was at the party uh, from 24-7 Sports, and he tries to call Keelan Crimmins, who's in Australia. Now, it's like 8 o'clock at night, and Paul has no idea what time it is in Australia. Well, the kid answers, and he tells us it's 6 in the morning. But if you can picture... An Australian guy, hello, mate, hello, mate. I can't even do the Australian. And then you got Paul, who grew up in Grenada, <laughs> trying to have a conversation. <laughs> Two of the best accents ever, just going head to head. Paul asking him a question, that slow southern drawl of his, and you getting the getting him back in that you know shrimp on the Barbie voice. Was, it was fantastic, fantastic stuff. But I, again, Australian uh, Australian punters, they have a legacy here in the United States of being good. Now State's got one. So punting has been an issue for them the past few years. They have never been able to settle on a punter. They have a guy do well for a couple games, and then it goes away, and they go to the next guy, and he's good for a couple games, and they can never be consistent with it. Um, so ho- hopefully this year they can have that. Uh, and then in the return game, you got the best two guys in the country. I'll put Tulu Griffin and Xavion Thomas up against anybody in the country in the return game. No questions asked. But there's just not a lot, you know. Camp. I, I want to. I'm interested to go out there and I'm interested to look at some things. But at the same time, guys, I don't. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know where my questions are coming from. Maybe I'll see some things. And that's the thing about camp is you'll see some guys flash, and you're like, okay, well, tell us about you know so and so, a true freshman. Maybe you weren't expecting anything out of a veg. A lot of times you get that with a veteran, a guy who's been there three, four years, and you've already kind of written him off, and all of a sudden he becomes a big time player. Uh, for Mississippi State, that could that could, that could easily happen when you look at this depth chart because it's loaded with experience and it's loaded with guys who've been on this campus. I was listening earlier today. We had him on Sports Talk. Well, we didn't have him on Sports Talk Mississippi. We had uh, footage from Lane Kiffin talking today, and he he was going on about the system that the NCA set up, and we have all these new players. And I'm just like Lane, that was your decision, buddy. You're the one who decided to play the transfer portal game. And, and ship guys out and bring guys in. I think they had a total of 57 ins and outs between players going out and players coming in. That, that's on Kiffin. It's not the NCAA. Yeah, I mean, I guess they provided a path for you to do that, but you didn't have to. Mississippi State hasn't done that. Mississippi State's lo- roster is loaded with kids that Mississippi State recruited and that they've been there this time. Will Rogers, Woody Marks, Tulu Griffin. I know Griffin went in the portal, but he stayed. Uh, Jaden Wally, Dollar Bill Johnson, Cam Jones, um, Jaden Cromedy, Demonte Russell, Nathan Pickering, Buki Watson, Jet Johnson, DeCamrian Richardson, Corey Ellington. The list goes on. 
These are all guys who've been in Starkville three, four, five years. And that's that's one of the reasons I'm high on this team is they have so many seniors. We 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 won't, you know, they have so much experience. That's that's the formula for Mississippi State to win. Because State's never going to be a team that has you know, a lot of four and five star depth, and they can just, you know, one guy goes down, okay, bring in the next guy. They need experience. You know, that's that's their five stars, is they have seniors. They don't have five star freshmen. They have seniors who are play, played so much they're, they 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 can do it all. And there's something to be said about that. There's something you know. I mean, what is what offense is, is Jet Johnson and Buki Watson going to look across from and go? I'm not sure what's going on here. What defense are you going to show Will Rogers where he's like not entirely sure what I'm seeing? Yeah, he he's going to know. He's going to have all that. He has that information. And that's a big step, you know, because I mean, you look around the SEC and you've got so many young quarterbacks. You know, you got a young quarterback at uh, at Texas A and M. You have a young quarterback. I mean, Tennessee. The, Joe Milton hasn't started a ton. He's been there a lot, but he hasn't played a ton. You got young quarterbacks across the conference. Then you got some veteran guys. You got guys like KJ Jefferson and Jane Daniels here, who've seen it all. Interesting mix of players in the SEC this year, for sure. No question about that. All right. Uh, we got to talk a little baseball before we get out of here. I feel like every time we talk about baseball, it's bad news. So this week, what I thought was we'd, we'd have some more bad news. It's kind of the way it is right now. But we'll talk about it. Maybe there's some good news coming. We'll find out. We'll be back in just a minute. This is Thunder and Lightning, live here on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi. I am absolutely and completely thunderstruck. One last go around here. Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm Brian Haydad. MSU Baseball picked up a uh, a transfer on uh, Monday. Purdue pitcher Kyle Steven, I believe it's Kyle, K-H-A-L. I'm going to go with Kyle. It's an it's, it's, it's odd pronunciation of Kyle or an odd spelling of Kyle. It's all I hear otherwise. But he comes in from Purdue. Uh Looking at his stats, uh, a pretty solid arm. Uh, a guy who could compete for a Saturday-Sunday spot maybe for Mississippi State or be a long relief option, something along those lines. But, and as you, we talked about on, on uh, Friday's uh, Sports Talk Mississippi, we talked a little bit about it on Monday's podcast, Thunder and Lightning, State did miss out on Luke Holman, the Alabama pitcher, who would have been their no doubt Friday night guy had he had he decided to come to Mississippi State. He decides to go to LSU instead. 
the state has missed on the Friday night guy in the, in, the, in this portal class. There's no question. Now, you can argue all you want that, well, how many guys did they really miss? Okay. They didn't get one. They needed a Friday night guy. They didn't get a Friday night guy. I don't care if they missed on two guys or 20. They didn't get the thing that they needed to have. That's a problem. This portal, cl- this portal class, quite frankly, has been unimpressive, and and that shouldn't be so overly surprising, because what is Mississippi State pull, you know, selling its recruits right now? Yeah, they have great facilities and great fan support, but recruits want to win, man. Portal guys, special portal guys, they want to win. They want to come in, have a great year, go to the draft, and move on. They're not interested in you know. Well, you know, we have all this tradition. They don't. They don't care. They want to win. And Mississippi State can't sell winning right this second. So they, that mean they, to me, the biggest need of the offseason was to go out and get a guy that you could just pencil in for Friday night from February all the way through May. And you didn't get that guy. So now you've got to be hopeful that Justin Parker can make uh, guys like Durangelo Sanjay and Bradley Lofton and Colby Holcomb and Evan Sieri better. And one of those guys can grab the reins and be your Friday night guy. I think both Sanjay and Lofton have the talent. Maybe Holcomb as well. But we didn't see that last year. We saw the flashes here and there, but we didn't see enough consistency. Now, right now, you're waiting on Braden Montgomery, the Stanford transfer outfielder who is in the portal. Feels like it's between Mississippi State and going back to Stanford. What's he going to do? Don't know. Don't know. Don't feel like I have a good grip on that at all. But I won't be surprised if State misses. But also won't be surprised if State gets it. The question becomes, and I said it all along, I thought Montgomery was a luxury the whole time. And I still think he is. I mean, this is going to be a good hitting team, I think, regardless of Montgomery coming. Montgomery might elevate them to a great hitting team. But you still have so many questions about pitching. You know, last year your conference ERA was was ten. You gave up an earned run plus every inning of conference play, on average. Your ERA as a team for the whole season was seven. So you're going to need to be a good hitting team if you're going to pitch like that. You're going to have to win a lot of games, twelve to eleven. People are talking about regionals and super regionals. I mean. With this team, with what what happened last year, how about you just don't get run ruled, man? How about that for a start? That feels like a good starting point to me, is to not lose games 18-5. to So we'll see. Bubba and Starkville, so now you agree no regional? I was saying that. I mean, I think right now State could probably, is probably going to be good enough to sneak, to get into a regional in somebody else's backyard. They, They won't host. But the question is, is that good enough? You're paying, you know, how much money to Chris Limonis? You paid how much for this baseball stadium? I don't know. Bo, Bo in Indianola decides to troll. How last year? How last year go for you, Bo? Not well. You see Richard in all those maroon jerseys I made him wear. That was fantastic, wasn't it? I tried to get your athletic director to take a bet with me. He wouldn't do it. Wonder why. Jason says, I think Robbie Falk is onto something and the pitching doesn't have to be night and day better just to give the offense a chance. Yeah, if ERA is a five, 
You'd probably go to a regional last year, but it was a seven. They did not do enough in the portal on the pitching side, plain and simple. You're correct. They are going to have to rely on big jumps from the guys they already have on campus. They don't do it. Well, we'll we'll be having tough, tough conversations in May. All right. Tomorrow, Sports Talk Mississippi, no Borky, so just me and Richard. It'll be fun uh, for the rest of the week. And, of course, Thunder and Lightning, we will have podcasts the rest of the week uh, as well. So check that out. Looking forward to it. Guys, have a great Wednesday evening, and I'll talk to you again very soon for, for myself and for Rhino down there in Studio X. This has been Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Talk Mississippi Media Production.